Yeah, Renegade Culture. Yes, Renegade Culture's in the building. I'm happy to be here, man. I'm happy to see you, man. I mean, it's yeah. like, we, for a minute, we thought you were Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've got, I got chastised for not being... Well, not two hours, hours, you know. It was professionally, you know... It's Renegade Culture. We have to... No, fuck it, then. You're lucky I showed up at all. You know, know. what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Underpaid and over... That's right. Overworked well, by our producer. You know what I'm saying? By produ- producer. Give it up to the air doctor. Air doctor. You got to say our name. I know. Not first. Ladies and gentlemen, the air doctor chewed us the fuck out. What? True, right true. Now, everybody. Everybody. Guests. Uh-huh. Co-hosts. Mm. And even me. You know what I'm saying? Imagine that shit. Before he killed you. We're going to let his ass slice. He got a new ear doctor shirt today. I ain't, I ain't I got the interns mad at me. And the interns. Everybody's mad at you, yo. Yeah. And, and they ain't smiling. They like, yeah, we mad for real, nigga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you, you cracked the joke. Motherfucker <laughs> like, ain't shit funny. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Anyway, give it up for the air doctor. For air his doctor. Skills. Air doctor. True that. True, true. So if you're watching here today and our show looks more fucked up than usual, we blame it on him. <laughs> and if it looks better than usual, you know that Kamal. That was my direction. It was Kamal's direction. Speaking anyway, of which, this is Kamal K. Franklin. You yes. know what I'm saying? Attorney, activist, organizer. Okay. Okay, I don't practice law no more because it's okay. like old or whatever. I used to do that in New York. Well, even when you was practicing, you weren't practicing. Well, I had people like you as clients who didn't like to pay. So that's uh, another, you okay, know, true, thing. True, true. And we're here. The co-host is... Your co- I don't know who the fuck the co-host oh, is. Oh, God damn. I'm the host. <laughs> <laughs> That's why the double check is in the building. <laughs> who the co-host? <laughs> 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 who the motherfucker go? I don't know. We got another co-host. I'm Kalaja Jabotega, and this motherfucker right here. Oh, sometimes I show up, sometimes I don't. That's his new name. Sometimes. There you go. Sometimes. 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 But we're going to have a live-ass show today. We're going to definitely have a live show. We yeah. have um, a whole lot of shit to talk about politics. I don't mm-hmm. want to talk about politics today. I'm so How can you not? Politics. We got to talk about politics. Dude, you know what I'm like, saying? God. The Democrats Man. are wrapping up their convention. There are some, some important speeches given. Very you know what I'm saying? Speeches. They're talking loud, not saying nothing. Well, you know, that's, that's what those folks like to do. You that's know what I'm saying? That's what they do. You know, rev it up. You mm-hmm. know, they got locked down on the mailboxes. You got locked word. Your boy. The mailboxes up. In the <laughs> hood, <laughs> niggas want to get their mail anyway. So they like, hey, dude, like, fuck like, it. My mailman stay high. <laughs> oh, damn, no. I mean. He like, he's giving, up, he he cool. giving up the mailman on. You know what I'm saying? Oh, saying? Look, <laughs> informer. How come he's not informer, yo? Oh, he's giving up on the mailman. My, my mailman is white. I can do that. Uh, oh, anyway. damn. Oh, shout out to my mailman. Have my packages on time. Oh, anyway, oh. Um, and what else is going on? Now? Well, you know, there's going to be a lot of stuff. You're going to talk about the political situation okay. and some other things happening. But more importantly, I think on the second half of our show, we're going di- to dive deep into an important case that's happening, another police brutality, yes. uh, jail brutality case that's happening here in yes. Cobb County. We're going to have the lawyers, uh, brothers uh, Tim Gardner and Kasheen Davis, uh, for a case involving, I think the brother's name is Kavo Wingo yes. uh, in Cobb County. Another I Can't Breathe case, and we're going to get deep into that because there's a lot of stuff happening around that. There's a few of those going on. You had yeah. one just happened out in Savannah a couple weeks ago. So you have a situation in Savannah, um, situation in Rockdale County, uh, Henry County. Mm-hmm. You know, Georgia is notorious for, you know, um, not just police terrorism, but also the, our, our brothers and sisters disappearing yeah. uh, and losing their lives inside of these uh, death camps. And that's why folks got to realize it's not just what happens in the streets with the police. That's only step one. Yes. Then you got to deal with the court system and you got to deal with the jail system and then you got to deal with the prison system. So there's multiple places where our folks not only lose their liberty, but they sure. may also lose their lives. Their very lives. And I think that we also need to d- dive into the fact that, uh, delve into the fact that, you know, in places like Georgia, in so many places around the country, they they put these prisons in these areas where some of the most racist white folks exist, mm-hmm. and they have the opportunity to deal with our brothers and sisters however they choose to deal with them, and they treat them like cargo. Mm-hmm. And um, you know we're going to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And anyway. we got a live performance too. We got a live performance. Who's our live performer today? Lola. Lola Lande. She got okay. Lola Lande. Ladies and gentlemen, Lola Falana? Is that Lola Lande? Lola Lande. So showing your age, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Lola Falana. <laughs> Lola Falana. <laughs> like he's 80 years old. Right. You're <laughs> a ripple, you big boy. <laughs> you listen to Renegade Coach, we can say fuck the police. Fuck the police. Fuck the president. Fuck the president. Fuck the prosecutor. Fuck the prosecutor. And fuck that poet that tried to say my name in his rhyme the other day and shit. Oh, and shit damn. was whack. Don't you ever, never, nope. ever, ever nope. put my name in your shit if your shit whack. Boom. Renegade Coach. Boom, we be back. We see layers of systemic inequality. It's about racism. Racism. It is about race! An African-American teenager was shot and killed by police. This system has to change. 
we all experience negative life chances. 12 years old, gunned down. 18 years old, gunned down. They're using police officers as a revenue-producing agent for the city. We have centuries to undo. What can science reveal about the hidden prejudice that we all hold? Every 28 hours, a black life is lost. There's no room for silence. We're way beyond that. Tonight's action was beautiful. This is community coming out. We must come together. Somebody needs to plant this seed and let it grow. There's a lot more to do. Renegade coaches in the building. Yeah, we back, yo. Yo, um, before we get into it, I want to shout out the Rise Film Festival. Uh-huh. Uh, racism, um, something, something, damn, something else. Look at you. Why are you going to give him a shout up? out? But anyway. <laughs> you should have just gonna... stuck with Rise Film Festival <laughs> and just so left it, it at that. I, I, I got to fuck it up. But anyway, check it out, though. The Rise Film Festival, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's um, produced and promoted by the United Nations and uh, Fan Force TV out of Australia. Oh. I will actually, when you hear this podcast, I will actually be hosting... Uh, no, I'll be on a panel for this particular one um, for a joint called Crime and Punishment, which will air Friday, August 21st. And that's the day that George Jackson was assassinated. But why are we giving him a shout out? What is what's happening well, with the film? The re- reason why we give right. him a shout out because of the fact that Crime and Punishment is a real cool film. I actually saw some of it mm-hmm. dealing with uh, police terrorism in New York. But they have seven different films they're going to be showing. And aside from that particular film, we're honored to let you all know that on August 26th, Wednesday, August 26th, they will be showcasing our film, Organizing as the New Cool. All right. So this is going to be playing, uh, broadcasting from Australia. Um, when you go to the break, mm-hmm. you'll see that you can find all the information on it. There you go. There you go. That was yeah, smooth, that? That was and you, you, your movie's going to be in there. That's what, That's what he just said. Because so you paid attention. Like, oh, That's yeah, something's wrong with you. Organizing he just said cool. that. He just said that. We got, Producer. We got, we got to say it in Braille for him. Producer. <laughs> He's like, and your movie's going to be <laughs> your there. Your movie. Shut the yeah. fuck up. What fuck was you at That's wrong with you. I don't know. All right. Let's give give us some stuff that's happening today. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That. So anyway. your boy Trump, you talked about this in the, in the intro. Trump. What's your boy up, Trump, Trump is trying to stop mail-in voting from happening. Yeah. Um, and he's trying to cause controversy in the upcoming election. Right. And if the mail goes slower, he's hoping to say that these mail ballots shouldn't count, um, that they're not a true indication of what's happening in terms of the election and the vote. And so therefore, that's throw this into controversy, maybe even throw it back into the Supreme Court again, uh, uh, you know, remembering uh, Gore, versus, uh, Al, uh, Gore versus Bush right. and have the Supreme Court come out and rule for him. Right. Now, you know, you know what's going to happen, man? You can say you heard it here first on Renegade Culture. Oh, you got a prediction? Uh, you got damn right. All what's right. going to happen is this motherfucker is, <laughs> he, he's not going to leave. You know what I'm saying? He's not going to leave. There's going to be a coup Mm -hmm. and he's going to flip this bitch upside down. So um, I think that right now a lot of us are gassed up about, you know, oh, yeah, you know, Kamala Harris and and Biden. All that shit is game. This motherfucker is a narcissist. He's a war czar and he has every intent on staying up in that bitch one way or the other. So if this male shit don't work, you can say you heard it here first. Mm -hmm. Be careful. War gonna break out, probably. Uh, well, I mean, you know, we talk about war. You talking about what? Civil war, perhaps. But you know, the unfortunate thing is, Africans here in America, not ready for that shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna just keep it, just keep it trill because yeah, of the yeah. fact that it's so many dis- different disagreements about all kinds of bullshit. We're supposed to be 14 percent of the population, and we can't even agree that fucking Bill Cosby's a fucking molester. <laughs> you can't even fucking agree that that R. Kelly was was, mm-hmm. was fucking with little girls. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? We, somebody always got an yeah, excuse yeah. to. You know what I mean? So we're definitely not going to agree with politics because of the fact that America is the only country, the U.S. is the only country in the world that I know of 
that takes politics as light as they do. Mm -hmm. I mean, in places like Jamaica and Haiti and, and Venezuela and so many other places, you get your wig pushed back when it comes to election yeah. because of the fact that they realize that the motherfucking office represents their lives. Here in America, you can be an actor, you can be an actress, you can grab by the pussy, your, your, your wife can be fucking naked all over the internet, you know what I mean? And no one cares, it's, it's cool, you know what I mean? Um, or you could be finally motherfuckers like, like Biden, like Biden. was, and yeah. the Me Too movement can look the other way. No, I mean, yeah, it's, I it's, it. I don't it's, give a it's, fuck. No, you should say it. You shouldn't yes. give a fuck. Yeah. I mean, it's a strange time because, you know, again, I, I think we both take the position of like, we got Tweedledee and Tweedledum. And I know people yeah. want to get the, the more overt white supremacists out. Yes. But they're not thinking about the fact that you just put in the old school white segregationist, yes, you, you know, did. convert uh, white supremacists in the office who right. is not showing himself at all to be able to talk to or speak to the issues involving black folks, but it's checking off representation boxes. Right. So we got to deal with that, even if Trump gets out. And I agree. I don't know. You know, I don't. I don't know about the civil war. I don't know how long dude would stay if it right. looks obvious that he's going to get pushed out. Because I think even there's there's factors, there's, uh, a factor within the Republican Party that wants this dude out, uh, but needs to be careful about how they may push him out because they sort of want to reserve some, you know, some light sprinkler, some like yeah. sprinkling that there's a democratic veneer that's happening um, in this country. And that's how they keep things going. Like, you know, nobody, even their side, for the most part, the, the, the political folks don't want war in the street. Yeah. Not yet anyway. But the, the masses, like, you know, you got, a, you got a critical mass of white folks who are geared up and gunned up and ready to take it to the streets over yeah. this dude, I think. so. And, yeah. and that's why I'm saying to brothers and sisters that's listening because of the fact that, you know, sometimes we say certain shit and you like, oh damn, I thought you was, you was hardcore. Look, I'm a realist, motherfucker. I ain't going to a war with, a buff, with, a, with, with five motherfuckers <laughs> with butter knives. You know what I'm saying? See, we talk that shit and it sound good. Yeah, if yeah. your ass can't run a block, that shit don't matter. You know what I'm saying? It sound real good that you got a gat, but if you ain't, using that motherfucker wisely, then it don't matter. I see these motherfuckers, these fake ass militias, shooting they goddamn selves. I damn sure, I don't even want you on my team. Matter of fact, if you come with us, you can't even have a fucking gun. Sit your monkey ass in the back and just look hard. You know what I'm saying? Act like some of these other encapsulated organizations that throw these fucking uniforms on and play it off like they hard. You know most of the motherfuckers are slowed and goddamn. And not doing shit, and not doing exactly. nothing. Yeah, yeah. So the anyway. just had their conference. I see the Obamas came through Bomb. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Well, they just had their convention. The convention is actually wrapping up. It'll be over by the time this airs, but the convention is the Thursday night. Uh, Biden is, is formally accepting the nomination as the Democratic candidate for president. Oh, what Obama a spoke the other night. Yes. Um, and obviously the rave reviews, as always, you know, people love Obama's speeches. Right. Uh, even now and then he gets me. I mean, Michelle he gets me. Michelle now. He gets you. Every now and then there's something a little, little something. But, but then I think about, you know, it's, they're really the leaders of the empire, so I can't get too yeah, caught of course. up in the, into I mean, bullshit. She you know, was like, yo, you're terrible, it is what it is, you need to go. Listen. Yeah, but, the I mean, but there's no. I'm sorry. There's no. The problem I have is the is the lack of substance. Um, people like like these folks. Right. I, and you know, Obama, uh, Barack has some substance. So obviously, Michelle definitely has substance. Mm -hmm. But the speeches that they give are very sort of decorative, right? They're very you know flag wavy. Um, they're, they're meant to inspire some emotional pushback for folks to get out and vote. But again, the thing we dwell on here is that the policy apparatus behind these speeches are nil to none when it comes to a real impact on black folks' lives. I mean, the unfortunate thing is black folks, like I said last episode, you know, we're caught up in personalities over policy. You know what I'm saying? We're caught up in what sound good and what look good. Mm -hmm. But that's just been our history. Uh, it's like back in the day in the 80s and shit, you know, if you were on the street. Every piece of fucking gold you had, you had on. You taking all your earrings, your, all your chains <laughs> and your nice. rings. And then a motherfucker like me come along, shake your monkey ass down, and tomorrow <laughs> you are empty. So anyway, that's how the fuck we are in America. We get caught up in looking good mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. feeling good, but not really being good. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Obama, what's going to happen is with the Obamas, you're going to find out five, ten years from now that Knocker's boy, Jay-Z, was actually their speechwriter. Oh, you know I'm sure saying? he was. Because sure this shit was. is all, it's, it's straight game. It's hip hop. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, they, they talk, this, this shit sounds really good. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the fucking policy, yeah. they, they bomb the fuck out of Africa. They bomb mm -hmm. the fuck out of Syria. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, and so many other places. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So, fuck how good you sound. Yeah, this shit yeah. don't mean nothing to me. You know what I mean? On a good note, speaking of hip hop, they uh, caught the murderers of Jam Master J, which was a good thing. Yeah, I mean, was it 18 years? 
It's been a minute. Took a while for that one. It took yeah. a while. And they said it was over a cocaine deal, so I was kind of cool. Yeah. 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 So so they were saying that Jay was pushing pushing uh some weight. Some, some big weight. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um you know, as far as that's concerned, I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't, you know, we don't know what the fuck the government, yeah. we can't trust these motherfuckers yeah. at all. We don't even know if the fuck motherfuckers they caught was actually the killers. No, it's all allegedly. In any event, yeah. it's good that the case has been open because of the fact that he was a hip hop legend and icon. Um, I would hope that he wasn't uh, in the business of pushing plantation poison. Mm -hmm. But if he was, then um, all is fair in love and war, homie. Yeah. And in 15 years, they're going to catch the killers of Tupac, and then another 35 years, they'll catch uh, Biggie's killer. Like, I mean, you know, shit. Right? You know what I'm saying? It only takes yeah. a little while. You know I mean, what I'm shit. The motherfucker's still trying to catch Kennedy's killers. True that, true. You know I mean? I and you know, I know we're not going to get too deep into it, so we had a little yeah. thing that happened that we didn't get to discuss, which was our, our main man, Professor Griff, yes. uh, went on a show with Nick Cannon. Yes. Nick Cannon uh, came out apologizing because he said some some things that were considered to be anti-Semitic. Yeah. And then... He got, he got bitch slapped. Dale Hughley commented on why the hell you even had him on the show yeah. in the first place. And then your boy Griff went in. Oh, yeah. Griff went in, Griff went in on Griff, him. Griff's talking about putting hands on him. I think he'll, he'll smack the shit out of Dale Hughley if you saw him. I don't know. Griff is like about, what, 5'1", 115 Griff, Griff. pounds? Okay, now. Hey, hey, you want me hey, Griff hey, first? Hey, 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 I'm just, I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just asking questions here, man. Come on, I'm going to be in the joint. Yo, so what I'm saying? You gonna have Killer Mike, T.I., how many other people be Oh, what? Oh, it's on these hip-hop folks. Who are all these hip-hop folks? You know what I'm saying? Anyway. Are we gonna I'm, come I'm tired to defend this dude. Anyway. Oh, oh thank you. Yeah, you're a lot of defending me. <laughs> I'm tired, tired of whooping puff his ass. Oh, but but right. anyway, uh, yeah. you gotta leave Griff alone, boy. But anyway, <laughs> I love uh, Griff. <laughs> you, with, with the, uh, who the fuck was that talking to? D.L. Euclid. D.L. Euclid. I got a problem with D.L. Euclid. Mm -hmm. Because first of all, the motherfucker rides the fence, right? And the thing is, you can't ride the fence these days. You know what I mean? You can't say, why well, have a motherfucker like Griff on here who's talking about some shit that's, that's dealing with Real life. Yeah. Even if you disagree with it. Right. You still got to argue that. Well, you still got to make a point that this is some serious. This is a worthwhile of a serious discussion. Right. right? But you like he yeah. said something about uh, the steak wasn't worth the sizzle or some shit like that. Yeah. Because he's basically just saying like he doesn't want he doesn't want him on because it's not worth the hassle. But it's right. like he wants to talk racism light. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 And Griff wants to get down and dirty and talk about white supremacy and talk about history and talk about some facts. That again, I'm not saying everything that Griff says is, is true, yeah. but it's worthy of a discussion that people in in, in who are getting that money, like D.L. Hughley yeah. and and uh, and Nick Cannon, Nick Cannon, don't want to talk about because they scared of what they scared of that 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 pushback on their money. But the main problem I have with D.L. Hughley, and I want to say this shit on the air, is he has a segment of his show called the Short Bus. Okay, and I've, I have a a, a special needs son, mm. and I, I don't think that you know what I mean when when you talking about people with any forms of disabilities. I don't, I don't agree with that shit. And I don't understand why motherfuckers didn't come at him on that shit. If you'd have said anything about some other bullshit, mm -hmm. about you know, somebody's sexual preferences yeah, and yeah. all that type shit and their orientations, they'd have been all over his ass. Mm -hmm. I think that anybody that is for the rights of human beings, you understand what I'm saying? And for the record, my son don't take no goddamn bus and he's good, but my point is, I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, Appreciate yeah, yeah. motherfuckers going after folks who can't defend themselves. Nah, so right. DL Ugly allowed me to say, no. "Listen, right. Renegade Culture." Yo, we before we go, yeah. before yes. we go to the yeah. break, I want to make sure everybody go to RenegadeCulture.org yes. for the merch and check out episodes. Also, go to Playback TV, check out the video, and we about to uh, go ahead and bring in some guests. It's gonna be pretty yeah, we're gonna bring in we some will. attorneys again to talk about a serious uh, police brutality. We, we actually have some real case. attorneys on right. the show today. Really? Oh, <laughs> oh, that was talking about you. <laughs> Fuck you. Ah, we'll be back. Blackout. What's happening, Renegade coaches in the building? Anyway. Motherfucker <laughs> right here. Uh, I'm looking for a new co-host. Any of y'all out here who tired of your co-hosts coming to the class? Yo, that means whatever we, hell he owns, we back from the break. I guess that's what that means. You know what I'm saying? That's what it means. Our producer was overproducing. He's overproducing. Yeah, he's trying to like he's take charge and shit like that. You know he's like, look, you sit down, you shut up. You I, don't I, say I believe this. he is overcompensating. You know what I'm saying? It's okay, it's doctor trying to get his stripes and shit. I mean, right. I heard he's been working on a, um, a show for us on XM Radio. He is. He is. That's what oh, it is. My bad. Like, I love the doctor. Get shit in order. Yeah, doctor is the best. In fact, we may need some attorneys 
to help us with that contract. So I think we had a lopsided contract with the ear doctor. We, we definitely had a lopsided contract. Here. Oh, <laughs> speaking of which, the two good attorneys, you know what I'm saying? And we're going to get into some serious stuff in a quick second, but yes. I want to first introduce our attorneys that we have. We talked a little bit uh, before the break yes. uh, that we're going to talk about a particular case, but we have Brother Keyshawn Davis and Tim Gardner, two licensed attorneys in, yes. in Georgia, I assume, right? Absolutely. Nice time you tag us. <laughs> Brother Tim, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your practice? Uh, my name is Timothy Gardner, and uh, I own a firm called Gardner Trial Attorneys, mm -hmm. and we're a personal injury law firm here in Atlanta where we represent people who have been involved in serious accidents, uh, who have been the, the victims of civil rights, uh, things of that nature. Cool, cool, cool. Nice. And Brother Keyshawn? And my name is Keyshawn Davis. I'm a partner at Towns Davis & Associates. Uh, like Tim, we have a personal injury firm. Uh, we handle everything from uh, car accidents to uh, uh, slip and falls, uh, we handle uh, medical malpractice, and of course we handle the unfortunate situations that might result in wrongful death. So uh, we've been doing that for 17 years and, and that's what we do to service the community. It's dope, dope, it's real good, real good. So, I mean, you guys are here today because of uh, something of a serious nature, something that's been going on in a number of different jails and prisons throughout the country and usually go unheard. Um, so we're happy that you all are here uh, to talk about this particular case. And you all are here to talk about a case that happened in Cobb County, Georgia. That's right. Can you give us a fill-in on the brother and his situation? Yeah, I'm more than happy to talk to you about it. This is a case that really started back almost a year ago now, back in September of 2019, where there was a man, he was arrested in Cobb County for what you would describe as some bullshit, <laughs> because it was. All right, he was in front of his hotels basically smoking a cigarette, mm -hmm. and the cop went up to him and told him he, was sm he smelled marijuana and had him get out the car, and then he uh, searched his car and found a piece of paper that had some white residue on it. He suspected it was cocaine, and he arrested him. And so ultimately, they take him over to Cobb County Adult Detention Center, uh, they process him because he had this cocaine charge or now, suspected charge, and he had, in, in all honesty, he had admitted that he had done cocaine before, mm -hmm. and because of that, the, they admitted him into the infirmary there um, and for a detox program. And that lasted about three days, but he wasn't detoxing, so he had no signs and symptoms of detoxing. So they sent him up to general population, and when he was up in general population, it's like his fourth day there, he began to experience some real severe abdominal pain. Uh, he was sweating profusely, he was vomiting constantly, and he basically just lost his stability. He was hurled over in a corner. Um, at this point, he hadn't had a permanent cell assignment, so he had 11 other inmates in the cell with him because they were trying to figure out where they put him. <clears throat> and uh, when that was happening, the other inmates are yelling to the guards, hey, come and help him, come and help him. And eventually, they take him down to the infirmary. But before he even got to the infirmary, the nurses there, it's, well, it's run by Wellstar Health System, they um, had said, oh, he's just detoxing. You know, they labeled him a detoxer and a drug seeker. And so when he got down to the infirmary, they didn't do much for him. When he got, they checked his vitals, which had changed from what they were previously. And you could see that they were, you know, that his vitals were changing and that there was a potential issue there. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, the nurses didn't do a physical examination of his abdomen. They didn't do anything for him. And they put him in a cell, and he was about eight minutes later. At this point, he could barely walk to that cell. I mean, he's hunched over in obvious pain. Uh, and throughout the evening, he's complaining to these nurses, telling them, hey, I need to go to the hospital. I need to go to the hospital. It's my ulcer. I'm having a problem. I need to go to the hospital. And he faints six times while he's in that cell right in front of the nurse's station, which is about six feet from his cell. And they mm -hmm. can see in it because there's a glass door right in front of it. And so after about seven and a half hours of him complaining throughout the evening and the nurse is never going up to his cell and bringing him out to check his vitals or see what's going on with him and he had vomited again while he was in there. Um, the nurses at the time honestly were doing something which you all would call another messed up stuff. You know? mm -hmm. uh, they were playing cards, you know, uh, basically lounging around, surfing the internet. I mean, this is Wellstar Hospital that runs this uh, medical facility. Yeah. Right. And so he's in there, but after seven and a half hours, the lead nurse at the time, and I'll say her name, Annalene Visser, you know, she uh, asked for him to be uh, taken away from the infirmary. She said, I, I've heard enough of this guy. I'm tired of him. Right. So she asked the guards to put him in a padded cell. And so at the time, they called down to the watch commander of the jail. He runs the jail. 
And the watch commander said, well, let me come down and see him. At this, t at this point, uh, Mr. Wingo had fainted literally like six times throughout the night and had just recently had three fainting spells where it's not like he just fell to the ground. I mean, he fell straight back to the ground right, right in right. front of him. And he was laid out on the floor in front of the cell for about nine minutes. And no one, not one nurse came over to touch his hand, check his vitals, ask him how he was doing. Mm -hmm. They continued to do what they were doing. Most of them had their back turned to him. Um, the watch commander comes down. They didn't pick him up by the collar of his uh, uniform. Oh, wow. uh, put him in a chair. And then they um, uh, handcuffed him. Uh, he's asked again to go to the hospital. And then they try to walk him to this padded cell. But he couldn't walk because he was too weak. So instead of taking him back to the infirmary and saying, now nah, we got to check this guy out medically, something's wrong with him here, mm -hmm. they get a wheelchair. And at this point, they dump him in the wheelchair. And at this, I mean, he, he can barely move at this point. Yeah, yeah. So they wheel him over to the padded cell. And when they get there, they wheel him in. He, he can't get out of it on his own. So the watch commander and one of the deputies pull him out of the wheelchair put him face down on the toilet grate in the padded cell because there's no actual toilet in there. It's like a grate on the floor. So he's face down on this toilet grate. They strip him of his clothes, his dignity, his humanity, take off his underwear, throw a suicide smock on his back, and then they left. About 10 minutes later, he never moves again. Mm -hmm. But to add insult to injury, they never even checked on him after that like they were supposed to. The policies and procedures say they're supposed to watch anyone placed in that location every 12 to 15 minutes. But what you would see this Cobb County Sheriff's Office do is they would just walk by, do a cursory scan, but never really look inside the, the cell to see if he's breathing or if he's mm -hmm. okay. Um, they discover his body about an hour later. So let me stop you there. So what are, um, so obviously you guys are brought in to engage in a civil lawsuit. What are you alleging um, are the, the claims and what's the basis of the civil lawsuit right now? Well, uh, Kishan's a good friend of mine and okay. you know he supports me as an attorney. And, like this is basically uh, our, our firm's case. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. But Kishan and you know, we always talk and you know, support each other on different cases and you know, strategize on what's the best approach mm -hmm. in order to handle a situation. And so he's aware of this case and you know that's how he introduced gotcha, me to gotcha. you all. And and, and we've had similar cases that we've handled Absolutely. in our firm mm -hmm, yeah. uh, in Metro Atlanta involving uh, inmate deaths um, uh, in the infirmary uh, in general population so uh, you know we use each other as we should throughout the community as resources Absolutely. and in this case professional resources. Mm -hmm. well, let, let, let's talk about this because we know of, um, this isn't a isolated incident. Mm -hmm. Absolutely right? not. I know there was a case uh, in Carrollton County last uh, November, a brother by the name of Marquise Hazlett, uh, the police were called, Villarica police were called because of the fact that there was a domestic dispute, him and his mm -hmm. girlfriend. Okay, so they decided to lock him up. He's held from that Friday to that Sunday, um, and he was found dead in the cell. Same situation, went to the infirmary. They said he had uh, high blood pressure, um, which, you know, he's had, and you know, he's pretty much known out of control, actually know his family. Um, and they found him dead uh, that Sunday, mm -hmm. you know, 28 years old, healthy man. You had the situation with Charlie Tilson out in uh, Rockdale County. Sure. Uh, very recent, same situation. I'm very familiar with that case. Yeah, there's another case uh, just took place in Savannah. Uh, Julian, I can't think of his last name, but this was maybe two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. How, you know, you know, is this business as usual? Is this just so? So, and and I'll uh, I guess give you kind of an overview of how the jail works, and then uh, Tim can speak a, a little bit more specifically about um, uh, some of the causes of action mm -hmm. and the yeah, case absolutely. that he has. Um, so the jail is a, a, a state-run, county-run inst institution. Uh, most of the individuals that you have in jail have either been convicted of very uh, small misdemeanor crimes, usually punishable by less than a year in jail, uh, but majority of the people are pretrial mm -hmm. individuals. Mm -hmm. And so that means these individuals have not been convicted of anything. Mm -hmm. um, and not that that matters, I mean, you, you, do, you have civil rights in jail, prison, uh, or with any uh, interaction you may have with the government. 
Uh, but the way the jail works is, and which makes these cases uh, kind of multi-layered, and I'm sure Tim, Tim will discuss uh, when he talks about the potential causes of action. Mm -hmm. You have, of course, the jail, who's the government, mm -hmm. but you also have a third party uh, medical provider. And what happens in these cases is uh, generally the jail, uh, they don't use their own employees to provide medical services yeah. within the jail. The infirmaries are usually staffed by way of a contract by uh, with a third party vendor. Mm -hmm. And so you have uh, some of your traditional failure to provide pro appropriate medical aid or medical services type claims. And then you have some of the more uh, more stringent uh, claims related to the failure on the part of the government to act appropriately. And I think Tim can probably. So before we get into that, so for the record, for the listeners, you need to know because of the fact that oftentimes we're under the assumption that this is just jailhouse uh, medical service yeah this is actually these are the same well stars and, and exactly and all these folks that we go seek medical attention That's to right. medical attention uh, at and it, it's it's important because of the fact that when we experience uh, situations when we go to the emergency room we go to the ER and we think that oh this is just Grady no this this is business as usual you have a lot of the same Certainly. racist uh, individuals right. who are working inside these prisons, they're actually Certainly. working inside the hospital for you to see them. And it's important that we talk about this is, you know, these are state facilities. These yeah. facilities, yeah. many of them are privately owned, yeah. but at the same time, these are state-backed or state-sponsored facilities. Absolutely. And the, the standard of care for appropriate medical treatment and services doesn't change because you're in a, a public hospital sure. as opposed to uh, the infirmary um, in a jail. These are license, licensed medical professionals and the standard of care is even across the board. So uh, the fact that someone's being held within a, a jail facility doesn't lessen uh, the the type of the medical of care. care that, that right. should but the problem becomes is how they and, and again when you get into the causes of action, um, but the problem becomes how some of these administrators um, uh, and sometimes they are black, right? Yes. Uh, but how they view That's folks right. who are locked oh, up, the, right? The, the, and, and the prejudices yeah, that yeah, come along. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For folks are poor, they don't matter. Certain, uh, right. They're criminals, like Certain, you said, even before right. they're convicted, and even if it doesn't matter whether they're convicted or something or not, yes. but they're already looking down on these folks and thinking that their lives don't matter Absolutely. in terms of what happens next, or they start thinking, oh they're, oh, they're bullshitting, right? They're just messing around, and so therefore, I'm not gonna even take the time for my card game, yeah. right, right. to sure. get up for my yeah. card game to go check and make sure that somebody has a legitimate yeah. complaint. So fuck, fuck the fact that I'm getting paid taxpayer yeah. dollars. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm paid taxpayer right. dollars and, to be And there. everyone has to really uh, uh, view these situations as something that, uh, you know, like my grandmother says, but for the grace of God, there goes I. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you talk about a county facility, this is someone who could have been driving and, and didn't realize that you missed a court date. That's right. That's where you would go. Mm -hmm. This could be someone, uh, you know, that uh, had a suspended license for something that they didn't realize. That's mm -hmm. where you would go. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, th this is, these are, are, are situations that anyone could end up in. Right. Doesn't, doesn't matter about class anything. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. important to remember, you know, they're detainees. They're not being convicted of a crime. But even if they were, they're still entitled to medical care under sure. the you know, Constitution. Exactly. Yeah. You know, they have a constitutional right to appropriate medical care. But like, like you know, Keyshawn was saying, I mean, this could be any of us. Mm -hmm. These are detainees who are waiting their day in court to get due process, and they're just not received. I mean, they're basically being cared for by people who just don't care. Just don't care. You know? So let's we, stop here, though. That's, and it's that's, obvious that they don't care. And, like, you know, you asked me about the yeah. causes of action. Well, wait, I want you to hold up on that because yeah. we're going to take a break real right. quick. And we're going to come back. We're going to get into the causes of action and next steps on this case and some other things happening out in the city Fair around enough. jail care. Renegade Coach. Chapman, Renegade Coach, we're back again. We're talking to uh, two prominent attorneys in the Atlanta metro area. We Actually, three. three. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, my bad. Oh, 2.5. Oh. We, we got Tim Gardner, uh, Keyshawn Davis, and we have Kamal Franklin, my understudy. He's oh. also an attorney. Uh, We're going to leave that alone. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, so basically one of the things we're talking about today, folks, um, we always talk about fuck the police and these different systems and we gotta 
draw a line and, and show the folks how the dots are connected between uh, Food and Drug Administration, between the healthcare system, between the education system, mm -hmm. and the police. The police are just the uh, military arm of the establishment, and these other pieces are uh, prime components of the establishment. So we're here with these gentlemen today, and we're going to get back into the case of, uh, what's our brother's name again? Cavill Wingo. Cavill Wingo. Right. Okay, so now how old was Cavill Wingo? For? He was 36 years old. He was a 36 year old father of three, uh, lived in uh, Mableton with his sister, um, uh, very involved in his three children's lives. He had an 18 year old, a 16 year old, and an 11 year old, you know, who had a great relationship with them. And they lost the fa their father just due to the fact that people didn't want to give him two minutes of time to make sure that he was okay. And, uh, you know, definitely something needs to be done about that. Now, I saw the tape. Uh, and you mentioned how he fell back. I saw him fall back like a log. That's right. You know what I'm saying? With, right. all, with all due respect. Now, it was a padded cell, but... Now, that yeah. cell wasn't padded. Uh, that was his regular infirmary cell right in front cell. of the Wellstar nurses that didn't mm -hmm. get up to even come and check on him. When he went and, to the padded cell, he couldn't move at all. At so so, so they, they, they sat there and they watched this man fall inside of an infirmary cell. They watched him die slowly. Mm. So, mm -hmm. so it, 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 it was a form of torture. It's absolutely torture. I mean, there's no better way to describe what happened to him than torture. Mm. I mean, he went down to the infirmary knowing that it was his ulcer pain, asking to go to the emergency room, begging to go to the emergency room, in obvious physical distress. Our, our expert surgeon tells us that the pain that he had is worse than a woman having uh, birth, giving birth 100 consecutive times. Yeah, so yeah. that's some, I would imagine, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's yeah, a pretty yeah, powerful yeah. pain. Well, brother, I'm, I'm not going to, because we got sisters that watch this shit, so we don't want no problem with that. We'll say it was a pain up in that motherfucker. You're going to have us motherfuckers picking it outside and ready to get it. And the response of uh, medical procedure was was one that was uh, was very reasonable, easily very performed. Easy. Pick up a phone. Yeah. Yeah. Call, nope. call the I mean, if they got him into, if, if the, after the first time he complained or, or experienced some sickness, is the, is, is the thinking from um, other medical practitioners is that he might have survived this? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Had, had they just called the ambulance and taken him to the emergency room, mm -hmm. like he requested repeatedly, mm -hmm. he would have had 95% survival rate easily. Wow. So they would have patched him up once he got there, uh, patched up the perforation in his ulcer. Uh, and then he would have been fine in three days, is what our general surgeon tells us. So for our folks outside of Georgia, mm -hmm. Wellstar is a um, is a conglomerate here in sure. Georgia, mm -hmm. um, and they are like, uh, you know, when, when you talk about the, the king of the pimps, you know, they pretty much control the medical system, at least in this region. You know, so, um, you know, it, it's not just a situation where it's some small hospital in the suburbs, whatever, and they have incompetent staff. These are the go to people. It's like if you're going to the hospital, it's safe to say in the Atlanta metro area, you're dealing with Wellstar. Yeah, they're, they're a hospital system. They're not a an individual uh, uh uh, individual point provider. Right. This is a, a, a major hospital system, multiple locations. They're, they're just not a jail service provider. So right. Yeah, right. Star owns 11 hospitals, 45 medical facilities, sure. senior care facilities. I mean, they're all throughout Atlanta. I mean, so you have to be careful. And you have to, in, in this case, what was particularly disturbing is Wellstar never investigated this man's <coughs> death until um, we produced video to them a few weeks ago showing them that what you've been what your medical records show is quite different from what the video shows. Because if you had just accepted Wellstar's early statement in this case after his death, and you reviewed the medical records, you may think, okay, maybe there's nothing there. I guess he was being loud and unruly and disruptive, and they had to place him in a padded cell, and oh, unfortunately he passed. Right. But well, for Cavill Wingo, you know, they had four medical records in his, four medical notes in his records mm -hmm. for that evening. Every single one was false. The first one said that they contacted a doctor that they didn't contact, and he admitted them into the infirmary. And then he had an order from that doctor that they can't verify that that doctor produced. The second note said that uh, vitals were stable. He was uh, no acute distress. The video evidence shows they didn't even check him at that time. Mm -hmm. They didn't even go examine him. Mm -hmm. um, the third note says that he ate 100% of his food at 5.40 in the morning. That, that nurse never even looked to see if he even received food or checked the train. She left 20 minutes later. And the last most disturbing note came from the charge Wellstar nurse where she put he was being loud, disruptive, fighting with inmates, pretending he can't walk, drug seeking, mm. had him removed to the padded cell. 
Well, at that time when she entered that note, he was laying out on the ground for over nine minutes asking for help and no one would help him. And then they were transporting him to this padded cell where he died 10 minutes later. Hmm. But for that video evidence, you would have never known what really happened to Camille Wingo. So we had to expose them. And once we exposed Wellstar and we showed them the video evidence, then it became important to them. Hmm. But for 10 months, they, cared, they didn't care at all about this man's death and they did nothing for him. And that's really, that, that adds, that extends the tragedy in this case, mm -hmm. is because it was obvious that they didn't care. And they knew back in October of 2019 that there was an issue because I told them. They also interviewed their nurses around that time. And they knew from other nurses that Mr. Wingo was yelling, I can't breathe, help me, help me. Um, and no one would do anything mm -hmm. for him. And so they chose with that information to do nothing with it and then feign ignorance and surprise three weeks ago and all of a sudden it becomes important to them. Mm -hmm. Now I'll tell you that none of these nurses no longer work for Wellstar but not because Wellstar terminated them. They don't work there because Wellstar's contract ended with the jail and the new medical facility, Wellpath, picked <coughs> them up and, and hired them. Mm. And all of them, as of yesterday, were still working there. So these folks Even are still, nurse. yeah. So these folks are not working for Wells Star anymore. Well, Path well, now. They're now working for Well Path, well, Path but they're still in those same no, no affiliation. Well Path uh, is involved in more criminal, uh, more jail facilities, yeah. more prison facilities. Yeah. So they, that's more of their specialty. Well Star doesn't typically manage yeah. jails and things of that nature. Well, they did this one for over 20 years. They were very, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was very profitable for them. Yeah. But when it no longer fit their business plan anymore, they, they didn't manage it and operate it have the quality assurance that they should have had, didn't have the supervision, yeah. and basically allowed these nurses just to run wild. No, but I want to be clear, but the, and the nurses are still there, just under another, under another, another company. company. Yeah. Well, as of today, they were, okay. but I got a text not too long ago that yeah. said, we had a press conference earlier today in front of the jail, mm -hmm. uh, Cavill Wingo's family and myself and some other uh, community activists and politicians, just to demand that the DA there bring the appropriate criminal charges against those involved uh, with his death and that these nurses be terminated and the deputies as well. And I got a text uh, a few minutes ago that said that two of the nurses had been put on leave tonight. So, yeah. but, but put, put on leave. Enough. Put yeah. on leave doesn't necessarily mean as they review the facts. So right. I want to quickly because I re I asked you about the causes of action in the lawsuit. So what's the lawsuit claiming? Basically, I mean, we have a civil lawsuit. I mean, I my, my my focus right now for the family and the family's focus is to make sure that those who are responsible for his death are held accountable criminally mm -hmm. and that they lose their licenses. I mean, you pretty much know what our civil lawsuit is about. We file a lawsuit, we ask for compensation. Mm -hmm. You never can quite get the compensation yes. for the loss of a loved one. Right. But what we can do right now is hold them accountable. So we've asked the Cobb County DA to reopen the investigation that the sheriff had closed into himself because uh, he had investigated himself and then he closed it mm -hmm. saying no criminal misconduct despite the clear obvious you know video evidence showing the misconduct and so that needs to be reopened because these people if you're going to neglect someone the way that they did then that's a crime just like if i don't know if you have children or not yeah, yeah. all right but if your child came to you and they say hey dad you know i'm not feeling well i'm really hurting and they're in obvious physical distress and they're vomiting blood and they're you know laid out in a corner yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're fainting in front of you six times mm -hmm. and they're doing this for about eight or nine hours and after a while you're like shit i heard enough of this right yeah, yeah, yeah. go to your room you know mm -hmm. and then you know what not only that take off all your clothes and lay here on the toilet in your bathroom mm -hmm. and your child dies 10 minutes later mm -hmm. you just committed a crime that's yes, right, right. Yeah. the same thing for these jailers and these nurses because mm -hmm. he's in their custody Mm -hmm. You know, they're his guardian at the time. He can't go to the emergency room himself. Mm -hmm. He can't just leave there and go somewhere. Mm -hmm. So if he's telling them that he's having these problems for the extended period that he's telling them, and then they just ignore him, and then they put him in this room because they're tired of hearing him, mm -hmm. and they strip him of his clothes, mm -hmm. and they allow him to die, well, they just committed a crime. That's right. And the DA needs to take that seriously because this man, although he was being detained, had three young children, mm -hmm. and they shouldn't have had to lose their father. And he had other family that loved right. him. Mm -hmm. And he had a right to have those relationships. Yeah, he, he still has rights. I don't give a fuck if he, if he committed a crime. He still has rights. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that one of the things that needs to happen because um, you know I, I, I wasn't, I didn't know that the, these were outside, these were actual hospital facilities that were running these particular jails. Mm -hmm. It needs to be an investigation uh, on who 
run some of these other jails where these other brothers and sisters have been found dead Absolutely. because of the fact that, um, from what I'm understanding, it would seem to be either well start or well path. So the thing is, how many deaths have been at the hands of these different facilities because of the fact that um, I think these families need to perhaps I, I'm, I'm not an attorney, but some type of class action lawsuit yeah. or something. So, well, what, what I can tell you is um, uh, this young man's family is extremely fortunate. Um, one, of course, to have a, a competent attorney. Uh, representing them, but secondly, he must be hitting you up real well. So well, 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 well it, you know what, what happens is uh, we talk a lot about um, you know what makes one case different from another. Yes, sir. And uh, we've represented families uh, involved uh, in jail death successfully, um, but it's very difficult. Uh, this case is is what we're dealing with now uh, throughout society. Right. Just the the ability to have as much video information. Um, I, I, we've never had a case at our firm that had this type of video. Mm -hmm. uh, he doesn't have to rely on hearsay, uh, hearsay right. interviews. Um, uh, people being put on lie detectors, whether uh, a, a jailer uh, passes a lie detector or not. Those are the things that we usually have to deal with. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, uh, relying on the word of people who have uh, an ulterior motive or rights that they need to protect or interest to protect. And so uh, I, I think you're right in the sense that this has been going on for decades, if not centuries, mm -hmm. and the only thing that has changed is the fact that now we have the opportunity to see it through the eyes of the jailers who failed to act, through the eyes of the young man that unfortunately passed away, and the video has really given us, you know, real-time um, interest in what's going on in these situations. So uh, that's what's really changed the landscape, but nothing has changed in these facilities. So the contracts, basically, they, they pretty much uh switch plantation owners. They say, that, look, instead of this particular, these overseers over here, you guys got a little too hot. You know, we, we, we're not dealing with Kalanji anymore. Excuse me, Kamal, would you like to run this mm -hmm. plantation? Mm -hmm. Cool, no problem. You know what I mean? And we're going to keep your people doing their we'll same thing. We'll keep the same yeah, motherfuckers. Same people who showed up. Same Just change the name. Yeah, yeah. And more needs to be done. And it is happening in other jails and prisons. We're investigating other deaths right now in other prisons here in Georgia. And the thing is that these people, these jailers, they, they, they make it so difficult to get information from them. Absolutely. Because you have a right to it under the Georgia Open Records Act. Right. Right. And when you ask for it, they always claim, oh, well, we have an internal investigation. And we have to wait for the GBI. And we have yeah. to, or, yeah. or, or and we I, can't yeah. produce it to you because Until of the investigation is right. complete. But we have certain time constraints that we're dealing with as attorneys right. in civil right. cases. Certainly. And so, you know, we have to do things in a shortened period of time. And they don't necessarily give us the opportunity. They try to not give us the opportunity with these fake investigations. Mm -hmm. right. But it's happening all the time in all these, you know, hospitals and infirmaries. And, I mean, the, the calls that we get, is, is, it's just disheartening. And the, what's most disheartening about it is the family never knows for certain how their loved one died. Mm -hmm, and it's sure. like, you know, you know he died. He was 35 years old, and they tell you natural causes. Yeah. You're like, I don't know a lot of 35-year-olds not in jail <laughs> dying from natural causes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so when you try to look into that, you know, it, it's, it's, it's like fight, it's, it's a war, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and you've got to just be ready to battle and try to get that stuff. Now, I know as attorneys, like you guys work on it on the back end, but, and we want to wrap up soon, but do you guys have any suggestions, ideas, around what could, what could be done to make some of these places safer on the front end uh, in terms of like avoiding some of the, the, the ill treatment, mistreatment, and accident results in people's injuries and death in jails? Are there things that you think are solutions to some of these well, issues? And, and I'll, I'll, I'll just briefly mention, um, of course, the best thing that you could do is to give someone the incentive to protect themselves. The only way that you're going to have a health care provider protect themselves is if they see that other health care providers are held responsible. Mm -hmm. And uh, just to be quite frank, I don't think there's a lot that an individual that has been incarcerated can do to ensure that their safety is protected. But you can give incentives to the health care providers to protect themselves. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that starts with holding them accountable, uh, whether it be uh, criminally, criminally, or civilly, and I think that that's where we should start is by holding people accountable. Yeah, I agree. It should be both, you know, criminally and civilly. Um, definitely got to be able to hold them accountable uh, in the courtroom. 
because the rules were there for Mr. Wingo. I exactly. mean, like the, the nurses took an oath to not judge people based on race, color, socioeconomic status, sexual orientation, everything. Mm -hmm. you, you, you are not allowed to have judgment if you're a medical provider. You have to treat that person as someone that's ailing and no matter what, do the appropriate thing. The jail had policies and procedures that were violated. The forms weren't filled out for Mr. Wingo to be placed in the cell. They didn't monitor appropriately. The officers need to, the commanders and everything need to be trained better, but the rules are there. Mm -hmm. um, but they're violating the rules. Why yeah. are they violating the rules? Qualified immunity. They know that, like the, the sheriff knows, well, you can't sue me because I have qualified immunity. Mm -hmm. And so you can't hold me financially accountable. And because sure. you can't do that, I'm going to be careless. We're not regular but employees. If, right. if we can hold them financially accountable in, a, in their official capacities, mm -hmm. and the counties and the governments and everyone else involved in this nonsense, mm -hmm. then they're going to behave differently because then they're going to have independent audits coming in mm -hmm. and reviews and community groups that are allowed to come in and do inspections. Mm -hmm. So if they see something wrong, then they can fix that. But until we get rid of qualified immunity and hold them responsible, just like they would hold us responsible or anyone else responsible that has certain obligations, you're going to continue to see more and more of this. Yeah. And so the calls to end qualified immunity is not just talk because people want financial gain. It's talk because we needed to improve the system. Gotcha. Right on. We appreciate you brothers coming on. You'll hear more about the case of uh, Kevin. Kevin hey, can I just say go to CavilleWingo.com? CavilleWingo.com? That's right. You could say it, and you just said it. You <laughs> said it again. That was some lawyer shit right there. <laughs> and I just say. Uh, <laughs> Learn more about him. This yeah. case right there. CavilleWingo.com. Spell, right. spell it for the people. Uh, K E V I L Wingo, W I N G O.com. It's a documentary on there, other information that you can learn more about what happened to him and join the call to action. We're going to bring you guys back on here to talk about uh, that case and other cases we really appreciate Absolutely. you coming Thank on you. i want to just say that my man here um Brother Tim, I had to get this through. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I said, man, I live in the same area oh you live God. in. He said, he said, where do you live? Oh, I, said, yeah. I said, such and such, such and such. Oh, that's around the corner from me. I said, where you live? I live in the castles around yeah, the corner. Anyway, you listen. This is Renegade Culture. We want to thank again Brother Keyshawn Davis and Brother Kevin Gardner for coming on, attorneys at law. Tim Gardner. Oh, Tim, you, right, so you rest up? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to leave it alone. I'm leave it alone. Yeah. One day y'all going to be representing this dude for something else. But that's all. <laughs> We're going to be right back. You're ready to get coach. We'll come back with a live performance from Lola well, Lade. Whoa. Hold it. We got a live performance, performance from Lola Lade? That's right. All right. Huh? Huh? Lola Lade. Ah. Hey, see, you can you, you, Wait, but you can tell she knew here because she yelling from out there. <laughs> Latte. She ain't new. She's like, get Don't my call name me right. Latte. Get my name right. Renegade coach. Anyway, renegade coach. What's happening, Renegade Coaches? Back again. Yeah, we back. You know what I'm saying? For our outro segment. Yes, whole lot of situations going on today. I um, know. Real good show. Feel like my mic is sliding down my shirt. I ain't gonna say nothing though. Um, it's anyway, that, it's, that, it's that band aid shit. That it's they a band aid guy. It's, it's cool. Good. Can y'all hear me good over there? Playback. Yeah. Playback sounds. Okay. They got I no sound music. perfect. Sound. Well, yeah. Well, what sound. we do? What? Let I me. Mean, let me. Because our producer is rushing us, man. He's Russia's? rushing us. I'm about to throw him out the fucking Not mouth. our producer. Our producer would ever rush us. Yes, nah. he does. Right, Naka? Right. Nah, we got time, don't we? Don't we got time? No, nah, we don't. Oh, my bad. <laughs> so, on the show. <laughs> anyway. We got Neo Soul Sensation, right? Neo Soul Sensation. Neo Soul Sensation. You said it right. You said it right. Okay. You said it right. It is. Right? Okay. Number one singer, I think, 
we the number one podcast. Okay. This sister's gonna be the number one singer. Say okay. that. Say that. You know okay. Saying? Y'all got so. a contract going? What's, what's going on? Oh, he don't have that no contract. All you gotta do is manifest it, love. Okay. Manifest okay. It, son. okay. Manifest okay. It. That sounds good. And she's, she's known for her basement unplugs. Yeah. Basement uh, unplugs. Yes, she, she, she's a guest brought to us by our producer, That's the right. ear doctor. Yes. yes. So, she came through and she lit it up with a band. It was beautiful. So yes. you gotta okay. come back and bless it. And her name is Lola. Lola Day. Yeah. Lola Lola Day. Day. Lola Lola Day is from where? St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, okay. Okay. How long have you been in Atlanta? Atlanta? I've been in Atlanta two years. I moved here June 2018. You liking it so far? I love it. What you like about it? I Atlanta? love it. Um, I love the networking atmosphere. Um, in the last two years, I've done a lot in the last two years. Um, this put me in a place where the next two years, I'm excited to see the growth. Well, you know, the ill thing about it, Lola, it's like you've been here two years, right? Mm-hmm. And you finally made it to Renegade Coach. Ladies and gentlemen, right. Lola, yeah. Renegade Coach. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Clap your hands. This is the most important place of your whole goddamn career. You We're going to make a break here. We're going to make a break here. We know it's going to make a break here. Uh-huh. The bowl question. All right. Bowl. You All might right. want to break the goddamn bowl. That's okay. true. This is knock us nonsense bowl question. You know yes. what I'm saying? Knock nonsense. So we actually to pick. Choose a bold question of your own liking. Okay. Only the white fucking one, because the other ones ain't got nothing. <laughs> and pick and read that question for us. Okay. Right? Oh, read that boy. question. You know what I'm saying? Knock is nonsense. Okay. We tell you he's a Morse Brown, so he can't write That's so right. another question. Wow. You said Morse Brown. I said uh, more. Okay, Aretha Franklin, Beyonce, Jill Scott. If you can do a song with one, who would it be? You know Aretha's dead, right? I mean, I'm just. Man, just. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know you knew that. <laughs> Who don't know that? Oh, I, I was just. I just want to make sure. All right. But you said that she was alive. Uh, thank you, Lola. All right, go. What were you about to say? I would definitely have to pick Jill on that one. Jill over Aretha. Yes. She said over. I mean, Aretha but I don't know. You know, like you just said, Aretha's passed away. No longer here. True. That, true. So if we're talking about who's here, Jill. No, no, Aretha, Aretha. Imagine they're all alive. Respectfully, Aretha. Aretha. Okay. 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 Respectfully, Aretha. That would be my first choice. But come on now, these three artists are, are very hard to choose mm-hmm. from. If I could do, I don't know why you say it, with one, I would do them all. But if I have to pick one right now, yeah, yeah, yeah. if I could walk in the studio right now, it would be Jill. It would be Jill? Yeah. Jilly yeah. from Philly. Jilly from okay. Philly. Right. Who's that right. third one again? Beyonce. Beyonce. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the ear doctor would have been ear Beyonce. You would have said Jilly from Philly. Jilly, okay. Okay. You know one Jill Scott song. Yeah. He still think Jill is Gil's daughter. True. True. Anyway. So we about to take a break, and we're gonna come back. And Sister Lola's gonna do a great song for us when we come back from Renegade Culture. How can we follow you? Oh, here we go. B. Why you tell me to rush it, and then you break into it, and you to ask for the stuff? Because you ain't doing it right. I can follow you. Yes, you can follow me at Lola Lede on Instagram. I'm also the curator of a secret concert series called The Basement Unplugged, which is again a secret concert series goes around the Atlanta area, features live music, live art, poetry, DJs, um, things of that such. Usually have to RSVP for it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, with Corona. You said it's a secret secret concert series. Okay, so it's the always jig is up now. You know what I'm saying? You know I told Renegade Coach. But it's a secret location. Out, he will follow. Uh, so you only get the location once you RSVP. Okay. Once so, you RSVP, you get the location. Okay, cool. That was good. So we'll be announcing people uh announcing the shows for Renegade Culture yeah. when you give us a secret location. Uh, All right. <laughs> Renegade Culture. Coming back. Black Lola. Out. Boom. With Lola. Y'all can snap in the building too. Little background. You know, you ain't got to. Big lips, they are the reason I'm singing And you're white here. They keep the just stay dreaming Why? Cause they're only men But America don't like it America They just wanna copy Yeah Oh, oh, oh. I say America don't like it America they just want to copy you. 